0: hello guys thanks for tuning in to this week's NTT20 betting show I'm Ali Maxwell on the line with me and very excitable today for good reason it's George Ellick. hello George <laughs> am I you are quite excitable today yeah what's the good reason well there's two good reasons for it one of them is a little trip away on the cards this weekend getting away from the from the uh well from the the grind that is London in February
1: <laughs> yeah off to Alicante tomorrow morning for a bit of sunshine. Your favourite,
0: um, uh, your your best friend mixed with your favourite Chelsea central midfield player. That's how you picked that holiday, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it's going to be really, it's going to be really hot, even though it's February, which is quite nice. So I'm, this time tomorrow, I'll be either in a square sipping on a cerveza or I'll be lying on the beach, which is quite nice.
0: Exceptionally jealous. Although having said that, I'm off. For the whole weekend, which is unbelievably rare. No EFL game on Sky on Friday night. So we've got, after six weeks on, we've got a weekend off there. And then uh, just taking a couple of days off over the weekend. Uh, shout out to one of my friends who is born on a leap year. So doesn't get many birthdays. So when he does, we celebrate it pretty hard. Um, it's also excitable. You're also excitable. Because you're on absolutely sensational form on this betting show. Uh, I'm really I'm just here for the ride and I'm really enjoying it uh, 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 a winner with your nap last week with West Brom at five to six a winner with Crawley at 11 to 10 but crucially and for the third week in a row albeit as we discussed last week the second one slightly fortunate a six to one winner as your bonus pick as your long shot how does it feel how does well, that's it feel le-
1: They're slowly getting shorter nine to one seven to one six to one so Hopefully today we can. It's not going to continue contracting, but fingers crossed. I mean, it's been a long time coming. We've been doing this betting show um, for kind of nearly coming up to two years, and we've n- ba- barely got uh, many of these long shots up. So to get three in a row, I'd like to. I'd like to know how that would put me in the kind of whole. Uh, year or two years of long shots because I've had a couple so I, I would I'd, I'd say if you backed all of them you probably wouldn't be far off level now which is something uh, just something given the, the bad form they've been in over time.
0: Yeah very very impressive not something that I excel in I think it's fair to say um, the only one although having said that last week my long shot was a, a Scott Hogan Metro, first goal scorer each way double and they were both anytime goal scorers so uh, there was a, a bit of respite there in an otherwise tough week and as I said just I'll pop it in there. I'll pop it in there, but sort of quite sheepishly uh, in the knowledge that uh, the rest of my picks were fairly poor and that really, as I said, I'm kind of riding your coattails at the moment. But it only takes one good weekend to change things. And let's see how we go this weekend. This pod is for over 18s only. We'd ask that anyone listening, anyone having a bet this weekend is over 18 and is also uh, gamble aware, understanding the uh, risks that surround gambling, and we would ask that please, please do not bet more than you can afford to lose. George, in this EFL slate, which I found mm, medium to tricky, I'd say, uh, where have you found your best bet of the weekend? What's your favourite?
1: It's kind of a tried and tested system at the moment, and it's backing Leeds to beat Hull to nil. <laughs> um, Leeds have won three games in a row to nil, beating Bristol City. Uh, beating Reading and beating Middlesbrough. All three of those games were 1-0. But you you might be wondering, why not make that the long shot? But I think uh, the fact that Leeds have only scored three goals in those three games is an absolute travesty. They probably should have scored three goals in the Bristol City game alone. They probably should have scored three goals in the Reading game alone. And these games are nervier than they should be because the fact of the matter is is that Leeds are totally and utterly dominant against all of these sides. Borough put up the biggest test to them in midweek last night, but even so, uh, most of their attempts were from range. Uh, Tavernier had the best chance, which was sort of difficult chance, which he executed well and hit the crossbar. Um, but it seems to me, if, if you if you think the odds on Leeds to win to nil is six to four, the odds on Leeds just to win the game is about four to nine, and by my reckoning, it's pretty unlikely that Hull... You know The chances that Hull are likely to get are not good enough to make me think it's likely that they're going to score. Leeds are so, so dominant on the ball. They don't give up many chances at all. And it's only the fact that they seem to only have a one-goal lead that seems to uh, make the games nervy. Naki Wells had one chance for Bristol City. It was Tavernier who had the chance yesterday. But you know they're still creating so much better, consistent goal-scoring chances, controlling the game from start to finish. And it just seems the discrepancy between the win price and the win-to-nil price doesn't take enough into account how dominant they are. There's a weird quirk, which is that the only time that Leeds have scored more than one goal in the last 11 games was against Millwall when they were 2-0 down and came back to win that game 3-2. That is absolutely extraordinary and that is a trend that I want to throw in the bin because that is not a trend to follow. That is a trend that will end and end soon. I mean, this is a Leeds team who creates so many chances. I mean, Patrick Bamford, again, was luckless or inept in front of goal. Cross out whichever word you want to um, at midweek and in the two home games. But that, that record of them not scoring, they are going to put a team away very, very soon. So I would be cautious about siding with the... One 0 scoreline, if because you, you've seen those runs of games, but I do think it's incredibly likely. It would be an absolute shock to see this this whole team who are teetering towards relegation without Bowen, without Grzyszczyk. I would be amazed if they were able to create plenty of goal-scoring chances. You'd think their best chances are probably going to come from Marcus Madison's left foot from about forty-five yards. And yeah, I think it's a really, really strong uh, bet for Leeds to win this one to nil at six to four.
0: So many like proper superlative words used in that bit that it's hard not to. <laughs> it's hard not to believe in it. I mean,
1: um, I, I guess a lot of people will point at Kiko as being an issue, but I, I mean, it's, it's not big enough of an issue, and he's kept three clean sheets in a row, so I'm not really concerned.
0: Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, my nap is Accrington to beat Bolton uh, this weekend. It's at the Uni Bowl, the University of Bolton Stadium. Uh, uni-, <laughs> uni Bowl was actually my my dish of choice throughout my time at university um <laughs> just bolognese on its own quite often um, i thought it was with grated pizza. cheese well pizza that that and pizza were the big two i'd say really uh, you know uni bowl for lunch and then pizza for dinner generally <laughs> um and uh and toast for breakfast anyway i i i, I digress Accrington. A lot of bread in there <laughs> a lot of bread in there yeah um Accrington i think are going to beat bolton this weekend Um, just over even money, the price. Now, I think that's... uh, Accrington are only not shorter because they're coming off two defeats at home to Rotherham. Late, late, late goal conceded from... uh, uh, Well, both goals from crosses into the box, struggling to deal with Rotherham's uh, pretty intense aerial threat. Uh, And then a a defeat against Oxford. Uh, I, I hope I'm right in saying. I think you'll confirm that the scoreline, I think, in the end was the right score, but potentially for half an hour or so, Accrington um, came out of the box pretty well and were looking like they, they, you know, they were getting towards creating a fair few chances against Oxford, um, but ultimately up against a, a much better team. And what we're seeing in League One at the moment is this top ten, basically for Gillingham upwards, um, they really are putting the other teams, the other 13 teams away pretty easily. There seems to be a bit of a divide, and. So for Accrington to lose to two of those teams, I'm not marking them down too much. Uh, Before that, it was three wins in a row. Wimbledon, Shrewsbury, Lincoln, they beat all of them. And I think that's a decent barometer of where they are. Not good enough to to really challenge the the top 10 teams in the division. But out of the rest, although they're only 16th, I don't think there's much between uh, any of those teams particularly. And Accrington are an interesting one data-wise. Anyone who's studied the XG numbers will know that certainly in attack, Accrington project as one of the the liveliest teams in League One. Um, Consistently getting a lot of shots off, um, racking up the XG. They have scored the most amount of goals in the bottom half, um, uh, 46 in their 33 games. So the, the numbers suggest they could have scored more and that they are actually, in terms of chance creation, one of the better teams in the league. But they haven't always been finishing their chances. They are struggling I think it's fair to say to keep teams at bay um, but it's good in that sense that they're playing against a Bolton side whose attack is pretty woeful I think it's not that controversial to say Bolton are off the, the back of five defeats in a row uh, it, it's, it's worth pointing out that four of them uh, they're away from home and their record away from home is absolutely horrendous at home it's not as bad four wins seven draws five defeats so they have been tough to beat which is um, not great necessarily for this punt. I, I, I'm I'm seeing and you'll notice with my next pick as well. And I really don't want to be kicking teams while they're down because Bolton's the whole context of their season um, means that we should not expect too much from them. But I know that the fans are, uh, you know, even with the context of what Keith Hill had to deal with at the beginning of this job. That they're not thrilled with the way the team's playing. They're not thrilled with his demeanour, with some of the things that he, he says in his uh, in his press conferences, in his media. And there's a bit of a malaise around the place. There was a, a small period, wasn't there, in November. They won three games in a row and we started asking, what would it take for them to stay up? Uh, that, that's clearly not the case now. And it's a tough one, atmospherically, I think, for a club. When you know that you're relegated, there's still 13 games to play. There's really, I mean, you're, you're just on a bit of a hiding to nothing, and I think it's quite difficult uh, in terms of motivation. I'm sure a lot of the players uh, will be on short contracts, so they'll you'd expect be a lot more churn again in the summer. So uh, it's just a, it's just a tough one all round. And I think this this as I mentioned, this lively Accrington team with a, a lot of mobility in midfield now, with Clark out on the right, really starring one of the one of the best players in the bottom half of League One, I'd say, uh, Jordan Clark, Clark playing on Accrington's right. Um, they've got Bishop back from injury now, so they've got Ashley Seal, Charles, Bishop and Zanzala to, to choose from through the middle. Uh, Finley and Keneally looking good in midfield. So I'm, I'm feeling good that Accrington will create, as they normally do, a fair few chances. I'm hopeful that they'll put a couple away. And I don't think this Bolton attacking... Uh, well, wow. I just don't think Bolton's attack is particularly concerning. So, Accrington, my best bet. They're just a, a bit better than even money. 2.1 as we record on Thursday evening. And uh, that's my nap. Hopeful about that one. What's next for you?
1: Next for me is a trip to the Mideski. Um Interesting. the beginning of the season, on Sky Sports News, I said that Reading's focus still had to be avoiding relegation. Here we go. And here we are, six months later... And they have to be focusing on avoiding relegation, which hasn't been the case much this season. But now the form is sliding. And given the form of the teams below them, there's no doubt that at the moment they're suddenly entangled in a relegation battle. And I think this game against Barnsley couldn't really come at a worse time for them. They're in 16th position on 42 points. Barnsley are on 34 points. have an opportunity here to close that gap to five points. And I reckon they're likely to do it. Uh, Reading are missing a few players due to injury. Um, Ajari has been missing for the last two games, which is a massive blow. I think they're hopeful that he'll be back for this one. Uh, Lucas Shaw, another player that's injured as well. But it just feels like everything's slightly getting a bit toxic there. I think the nature of Mark Bowen's appointment meant he was never going to be as- afforded as much time as a manager who had been appointed... Following a normal process of uh, of applications and interviews, uh, with a man said to have appointed himself and then given himself an extension. The three nil loss against Wigan was absolutely abject, their worst performance of the season. And if you're looking at sides who are on the you know, whose trajectory aren't matching, well, Barnsley are a side in rude health. He said this was going to happen for a while. They weren't picking up the results that they deserved under Gerhard Struber, but they've won three on the trot now, looking very, very solid at the back. Woodrow and Chaplin and Brown causing all sorts of problems going forward with Mowat back in the form we saw him in earlier on in the season. And I, I think that they are the stronger side. I think they will have the better chances. I think they'll go into this game as the, as the likely winner. So to see Reading around about the 5-4 to four mark, I think, is, is wrong. Barnsley have been judged to be a decent side by the market for the last few weeks. It's been hard to see any value there, but I just don't understand how Reading are as short as they are. Um, so 12 to 5 is currently the best price for Barnsley. And yeah, I, I fancy them to to pile on the uh, the misery for Bowen.
0: Barnsley, three wins in a row, all to nil. This mm. division, man. This division. Um, and if you'd ask fans, I think, of, of Fulham, of Middlesbrough and of Hull, who they've beaten in the last few weeks, I think the prevailing sense would be what what have this team been doing for the first 32 games of the season? It really is remarkable. And I'm sure the championship relegation battle, which has got so hot as to be actually too hot to touch right now. I'm sure we will be trying to touch it, um, maybe with some mitts on, on, on the Monday pod, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, my next best pick is Salford to beat Macclesfield away. It's not quite a copy and paste job of what I've just said, but a lot of what I said about Bolton does apply to Macclesfield. It's not the case that they are um, just sort of stumbling towards a surefire relegation. Of course it's not, because they're actually eight points above Stevenage. That's having had a points deduction. Um, we, we, we're we not sure whether there is another points deduction incoming, but they are, they're they're up for something. They're, they're in trouble for, for something that hasn't been resolved yet one of the games that they couldn't fulfill. We're not quite sure what the punishment is. Um, The fact is that they are finding it incredibly tough. Um, They haven't won a game since the 25th of January. They've only won two league games since the 22nd of October. Uh, It's we, we, we've, we've made sure to praise them certainly after any and every win, because we're very cognizant of the situation that the players are under situation that the staff are under the, the change that's come about through the season. Uh, with the football club being undermined by by issues off the pitch, by a chairman who essentially cannot run the club, um, cannot sustain it, cannot maintain it, and it's making it very difficult for them. Um, as with Bolton, and I think with a lot of clubs who who get into this situation, it's very, very difficult at this time of year. You've played so many games. I think they've already played 13 league games since the 1st of January. Um, it, it's it's so thick and fast. And I think if you don't have the the foundations of a proper football club in, in, in place when you're losing players who are cancelling their contracts key players as well talented players when everything's trending that way I, I just think it's so difficult to, to drag it back so um, with five defeats and two draws in their last seven they haven't been being thrashed they're still fighting they're still fighting for every point and that should be recognised and applauded but I think against a Salford team who are so much more comfortable going away from home who would probably prefer to be playing away than at home at the moment Um, I do fancy Salford to get the win here. They've won seven, drawn five, lost five away from home. They've won three games more away from home than they have at home. So it's clearly something they've been very good at. In general, Salford's record against the bottom nine, ten clubs is very good. Um, They haven't lost to anyone from 16th downwards this season. Uh, and, And it's, you know, again, a bit like with Accrington. I think that sums them up quite well. When they've played top teams, they've struggled. Uh, they've only got one win against teams in the top nine places. Um, but in the equivalent towards the bottom, they've they've proven themselves to be far too good. So we know that in January, they filled their squad with a few more really eye-catching signings. Some of them have, have made something of an impact uh, immediately. James Wilson up front has grabbed a few goals. Uh, Eastman has settled into the heart of defence very comfortably. He's a man who knows what it takes to get out of this division I think it's very unlikely that Salford will make up the 11 point gap uh, to get into the playoffs but I do think that this weekend at least against this Macclesfield team just battling against everything at the moment uh, I think it's a battle too far for them uh, and I think that Salford will take victory 1.95 is the price there
1: so just under even money Uh, next up Mr Alec yeah I I know you like when I do this I'm going to give you a quiz to to kick off my my selection okay Which EFL club's home league form is this? 0-1, 1-2, 1-4, 1-2, 2-3.
0: Excellent question. I think it might be Forest Green.
1: Correct. That is superb.
0: They are really struggling. I think we've we've done a bit of the same research here.
1: uh, uh, Was that going to be one of yours?
0: Well, no. I just had a very strong look at it, that's all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, and their odds on. And I'm not having it, Okay, Uh, I'm afraid. I I can see, I mean, Leighton Orient don't necessarily look like the strongest opposition on paper. Their away form is also very poor indeed. Their last um, seven games, I think it is, on the road. Five games on the road. They've only won one. They've lost the other four. The win coming against lowly, lowly Stevenage. But... The teams that they've, they've played against, there's no shame in a 1-0 defeat at Port Vale. There's no shame in a 2-0 defeat at Crewe. There's certainly no shame in a 2-1 defeat at Cheltenham, where they held Cheltenham at 1-0 for a long time and even took the lead in that game. So maybe a little bit more optimism than just the results themselves suggest. We spoke to Joby McEnough when we were on Sky with him a couple of weeks ago, who was very positive about where the club is at the moment. I think he feels that they're probably in the kind of the best state they may be been Um, for a while, uh, at least in the last few months of this season. And whilst that hasn't necessarily played out in in the results they've got, there have been some decent uh, results. They beat Mansfield at home, of course. They uh, had the 2 draw against Oldham, in which Oldham went went 2-1 up, and they had to come back and get the equaliser. So I I just think that they're like a fine side. They're they're a middling um, League 2 side, which is what Forest Green themselves have been struggling against at home. They've been they've been beaten by 4-1 by Carlisle. They've been beaten 2-1 by Walsall. Two teams not really doing much this season. Not one of the stronger teams in the league. Come on, suck against Salford as well. A, a, a kind of a, a side chasing the playoffs. So for Forest Green to be odds on just seems very, very short. There's a bit of even money around, but I'm just not really having that at all. Um, I'm not going to go all out on the Lake Orient win at 130, but the, the draw no bet price of eleven to five, which is stand out with Betfred, it's generally about two to one. Uh, seems very generous indeed uh, against a side who can't buy a win. Are not going to be getting. You know they're a side who were chasing automatic promotion a few weeks ago. They're now not going to get into the playoffs either. Um, there's not a great deal to play for for either side here beyond pride. And with Forest Green, I can't really see why. There's no evidence to, to suggest they'll bounce back to form. So let in Orient draw no bet eleven to five.
0: Very nice. Uh, Last but not least for me, all the way on Monday night, we're gonna have to wait a long time for this one. Uh, Monday night football on Sky Sports is Middlesbrough against Nottingham Forest. Uh, A good time to point out that on this week's Going Up, Going Down podcast for The Athletic, I think we're six weeks in now and still absolutely loving it. Hopefully, if you guys are listening, you're enjoying it too. Uh, The team that we went in focus on was Middlesbrough FC uh, plenty to get our teeth into there? Not just on the field, where an alarming recent run of form, including basically losing to most of the worst teams in the division, um, and also some questions about really how they've how they've approached life back in the EFL the last two and a half years since their relegation from the Premier League. Plenty uh, to discuss. We got through it all on the going up, going down pod, which we would implore you to listen to because we really enjoy making it. Fair to say that after our fairly extensive research into what's happening at Middlesbrough, into the problems that they're having and the thoughts of the fans who very ki- who very kindly offered their opinions and um, yeah, measured thoughts on, on the situation, uh, it's left me not feeling particularly positive about Borough, about their manager, uh, about really the the general vibe around the place and about their uh, uh, capacity to win football matches. So I'm so I'm picking Nottingham Forest. That was a long-winded way of saying I'm picking Nottingham Forest. At 2.95, they're almost two to one, Forest, to win this. And given everything we've discussed about Borough, it seems astonishing to me. Um, firstly, Forest more comfortable playing away from home than they are at home. So the fact that they're the away side, I'm sure will have some bearing on the price, but the fact is that they've got 31 points from 18 away games and 28 points from 17 home games. They're, they're away form joint second best Exactly the same record as Leeds. They're way behind West Brom, who have maybe the best away record I've ever seen in the EFL. I need to check that because it's a big claim, but absolutely astonishing what Baggies are doing away from home. And we've spoken about the, the whys, the reasons why Forrest might be more comfortable playing away from home. They're very happy for the opposition to make a lot of the running. They're very happy to maintain uh, exceptional defensive structure. They've got the best goalkeeper in the league in Bryce Samba, I think, this season, who is repelling shots. Uh, at a very high rate and they love playing into a bit of space specifically uh, playing the ball into Joe Lolly uh, with him able to run at defences who aren't set uh, who aren't in their defensive structure in Graben they've got a striker who more than most at this level just gets the job done in in the last few weeks there have been a few misses that have uh, caught the eye I suppose uncharacteristic you'd say but I think all strikers at this level, will miss chances like that. And generally, his conversion rate's very good. He's a player we like a lot. Uh, there's been a lot made of Sam Bissau. The, the record that Forrest have without him in the team is very poor, and with him in the team is exceptional. Um, but they sort of got over that a little bit in midweek by going to Cardiff without him uh, and going away with a 1-0 win. That was a, a classic Forest away win. Um, and I think, yeah, as I said, their last few home games have been poor, to be honest. Nil or draw with QPR on the weekend... Nil one loss to Charlton uh, 10 days before that. So I think to be away from home is not something that will phase them at all. They're up against this Borough side who they're chopping and changing and nothing's working. You have got an absolutely unbelievable stat that highlights how poor Borough have been for the majority of this season. I'm hoping you've got it to hand.
1: Yeah, I do. That wasn't scripted at all. But um, <laughs> they, they had a run of nine games between the 27th of November and the 1st of January where they won six of them they drew one they lost two so 19 points came from those nine games so 19 points their current 37 points came in those nine games that means in the other 26 games they've played they've only collected 18 points which over the course of the season would translate to 30 point season so you can see that if you take out that run of nine games they've basically been the worst team in this league by quite some distance
0: yeah pretty grim uh their home record against any half decent team is horrendous Lost to West Brom and Leeds and Brentford without scoring uh, drawn 0-0 with Fulham 1-0 with Preston 1-0 with Blackburn 1-0 with Millwall lost 4-1 to Sheffield Wednesday they haven't beaten anyone in the top half at home uh, it all points to me to Forrest being I mean I, I'm, I feel very confident in this I can't believe that it's almost 2-1 I'm. I, I all As I'm talking, I'm wondering why this wasn't my nap because I think value-wise, it's the best bet of the weekend. Uh, It's coming on Monday night. It's Forrest to win away at Middlesbrough, Uh, hoping for a Joe Lolly special, hoping for a a Lewis grab and goal. I don't expect it to be, you know, a one-sided thrashing by any means, but I expect when the final whistle blows that Forrest uh, would have won and potentially quite comfortably if they can uh, if they can you know play with their normal character with their normal structure and game plan I think it's pretty much everything that Middlesbrough are lacking at the moment so Forest uh, Forest for me which leaves us with bonus bets uh, I might as well not do one this week it'd be better off if you just did two I think but I'm still keen to hear what you've got for me.
1: Tranmere against Fleetwood um I think Fleetwood are a big price here anyway at 10 to 11 I'd recommend having a bit of that so I don't think that's going to last too long um Despite Tranmere's good result at Shrewsbury the other day, they're still, uh, you know, pretty cast off at the bottom of, of uh, League One in this ridiculous division where they're basically the only side um, who could possibly stay up. Um, but they're still a fair way back. Fleetwood in really, really good form, playing very well. Um, they're a big price to win this. Tranmere haven't scored at home in their last four uh, games against Bristol Rovers, Portsmouth, Doncaster. And Sunderland, I saw them at um, Wickham and they offered absolutely nothing going forward except for the goal they scored. That was basically it. Uh, and I can't see any reason why they would score here. They've lost their last, So they haven't won in seven at home either. And I expect Fleetwood to win to nil. I think that Fleetwood's dominance will probably be more than just the one goal um, advantage. So I'm going for Fleetwood two. Uh, sorry, in nil, Fleetwood two at eight
0: to one nice okay i mean i've been really impressed with the performances of barry mckay in <clears> recent <throat> weeks they signed him in january he's a player who many managers in the last year or two have struggled to uh struggled to to, to motivate but when he's on form he's certainly too good for the level and, 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 and
1: also and where's burns as well i mean those three burns yeah. he's come into form at this stage also burns madden and mckay is a front three Is looking really lively
0: absolutely it's looking good all over the pitch for fleetwood i like that a lot um, my I'm, I'm sort of trying to recreate similar things to last week when my Mitrovic and Hogan first goal scorer each way double uh, was a well, it was an each way winner. They both scored any time, not first, sadly. But uh, as Tim Sherwood famously said, George, when you're hot, you're hot. When you're cold, you're not hot. Now, at the <coughs> moment, I'm cold and you're hot. And I want to pick a few players that are hot because when you're hot, you're hot. Scott Hot Hogan <laughs> and how again and how Robson Carno. I'm riding Hogan I'm riding him hard because I think wow I'm I think it's a really good fit him and blues wow I, I think I think I think everything about it's been excellent so far they go to a QPR team now it's it's absolutely the case I find this game quite hard to call uh, it's absolutely the case that Aberry Easy, whose form this season has not tailed off as we enter the second half of the season, he is unbelievable at the moment, creating, um, shooting, he's everywhere. It's it's absolutely not out of the question that because of Easy's threat and the Say Samuel's threat and Hugill's threat, that QPR might score the first goal. But we also know that QPR at the back... Not as good as they are going forward. Very leaky, will give up chances. And if there's a front two that you don't want to come up against as a fairly leaky defence at the moment, it's probably Lucas the Duke Dukovic and Scott the Hot Hogan because they're complementing each other unbelievably well. They're getting to know each other even better. The equalising goal against Sheffield Wednesday last weekend was wonderful. It was it was genuinely beautiful route one football. I loved everything about it. Uh, that was Hogan's. Uh, that was Hogan's goal. He was close to scoring the first goal, but it went down as an OG. Um, I really like Hogan to score first here. Uh, and Robson Caru of West Brom. Again, I mean, when you look at the the price of West Brom, as you'd expect, incredibly short, one point four eight best price to do the business against Wigan at home. And you've got Robson Caru, their number nine. Who's banging in the goals? Uh, five to one to score first uh, with with the each way terms um, of a third of the price Lovely. if he scores anytime. So Hogan's a bit you, longer. Even with your
1: old friend Semi Ajayi just popping up from uh, you know the back. God, not I love, about that. I love Semi Ajayi so much,
0: mate. <laughs> so much. My best ever bet. That um, uh, Hogan's price is uh, what's that? Thirteen to two. Uh, 7.5 both with bet 365 and they will allow you to do the each way double at 44 to 1 so a long-winded way of saying I'm picking Scott Hogan and Hal Robson-Khanu first goal scorer each way double with bet 365 at 44 to 1 and that's all I've got to say Uh, would you mind it's just quite helpful to run through our bets I think and most of the time I'm so giddy when we finish that I forget to ask you to do it but just given that you're on hot form at the moment what are, you, uh, what are you selecting this weekend?
1: Leeds to win to nil at Hull is the nap. Uh, Barnsley to beat uh, Reading away. Next best, Leighton Orient draw no bet at Forest Green. And then Fleetwood to beat Tranmere 2-0.
0: Okay, and for me, it was Accrington as my nap to beat Bolton. Salford uh, to beat Macclesfield. Nottingham Forest to beat Middlesbrough on Monday night. And a Scott Hogan, Hal Robson-Khanu, first goal scorer each way double. George, I, w- I wish you well in Ali Canty. I hope you have a lovely time and some warm cervezas. No, some cold cervezas in the warm. Warm
1: cervezas. That's what I have in, in the UK.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I- I'm more likely to have warm beers in the cold this weekend. And you're more likely to have cold beers in the warm. So good to know we're ticking all the boxes. But uh, it's been an enjoyable week. Uh, Normally at this point we say look out for us on Sky, but basically just ignore us for a few days. We don't want to hear from you. We don't want you to tweet us. We're going to be completely off grid, but we're going to be back uh, on Monday, a bit earlier than usual, uh, with a Monday pod. And we cannot wait because that podcast is going to be Welcome to the Run-In. Ten games to go, and we're going to be going through each league and everything that is still to be sorted out. So join us then. Thanks so much for your support with the Not The Top 20 pod We're very grateful for it and we hope you've enjoyed this one. Have a great weekend.